The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Acme Packing Company Podcast Network. I'm Justin Mosqueda. Let's talk about the big game. Uh, we have a very special guest, Marshall Newhouse. Say what's up to the people, Marshall. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Super Bowl champion. What 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 is what is that week like? You were on injured reserve that year, right? Yes, I got put on like week 16, just a, a free back a back spasm, and they kind of had to make a quick move to fill a roster spot before playoffs started. And of course, they filled it. I got healthy, and I was like, "Well, I'm just a healthy guy on IR watching the playoffs." But I was around the facility, you know, attending meetings and stuff like that at practice, but just a little bit different role. You know, just just from a preparation standpoint, how different is it to have an extra week to prepare for some of these games? Like you see some of the stats of like Andy Reid is like t- is 17 and four coming off of a bye and all sorts of stuff. He seems to be really good about it. But ha- is is it just is it the actual time, the actual preparation time that you have to like be able to scheme against, you know, what an opposing team has? Or is it just the rest coming off of, you know, hey, we haven't played a football game and. 14 days or whatever by the time we hit the field. Yeah, I mean, that two weeks, it could be long and it could be positive for some, some teams and it could be negative. So, yeah, you're definitely using that first week, getting people healthy, trying to think, keep things as normal as possible, just keep practicing in your own facility, sleeping in your own beds. Um, you know, I remember when we were uh, prepping, we hit a little bit just to kind of keep the sense of normalcy. So guys kind of felt, hey, my pads are set. Uh, I'm still playing football. You know, it's not all you know, uh, walkthroughs and stuff quite yet. But some teams, they, they might go overboard. So, you, you know, that two weeks is very uh, – there's a thin line there between underdoing it and getting guys ready and overdoing it and maybe pushing a little too far. I mean, the Patriots were known for going hard. That obviously worked in their favor. But there's teams, I imagine, who were trying to duplicate that who maybe they took a little bit too much out of their guys. Because you want – this is the last, last game of the season – the biggest game of the season. You want guys firing, peaking on all cylinders. And so there's a fine line. There's a little bit of an art to that. And uh, for some teams, it's more rest. For some teams, it's a little bit more prep. And so um, for us, we definitely hit. We hit when we got to Dallas, too. Um, and it seemed to work out pretty well. As far as this game goes, what what are you thinking is going to happen? I, I'm, I've seen all the things where it's like you look at the spread and it's like all the money is on – on the Eagles, I just can't find myself not picking Mahomes. I'm sorry. 
I, I feel the same way, man. It's kind of fool's gold. I mean, to me, it's, it's basically a toss up, and, I, and in that toss up, I'm taking Pat Mahomes. Um, all the all the talk this week that I've been talking to people about is you know, you know, battles in the trenches. Of course, these are two good offensive line units, two good defensive line units. But you know, ultimately, as long as there's not the calamity of pass protection that Pat had a couple of Super, Super Bowls ago, it seems to me like he has the edge. Him, his relationship uh, with with Kelsey. And the way he's spreading the ball out now as an adjustment, you know, to losing Tyreek Hill, it seems like he's just ascending and playing on another another plane of existence. And I'm excited to watch that. I want him to thrive. Obviously, Jalen Hurts had an incredible season. They've surrounded him with a ton of talent. That team is stacked. They've done a great job in free agency. Uh, all all levels of, of the defense and offense. But to me, you know, when things – this is good on good. These are both number one seeds. When things kind of start canceling and zeroing out, what factors remain? To me, the factors, the main factors are Pat Mahomes. Um, also, you know, you talk about Andy Reid prepping and having a good record with buys and whatnot. Steve Spagnuolo, I was talking to, you know, a guy we both know, Nate Tice. He mentioned Steve Spagnuolo having so much success uh, with extra time to prep because he scouts better than anyone else. And I, I have to agree. I played with and against Steve Spags. And uh, the kind of things he can do, even from, you know, a very aggressive defense, but with time to kind of see Jalen Hurts, who we know is a dual threat, is very dynamic, but you wouldn't say a drop-back passer is his best strength. He's, he can do both things, but if they get one-dimensional, uh, Spags is going to have some stuff dialed up for him, and we're going to see how he reacts. Can he put, can he put passes on the money, both inside, that, inside the hashes with, with end cutters and seam balls and outside the hashes? So he's got two dynamic weapons, but we're going to find out really quickly – you know, what level he's on compared to Pat Mahomes, because we know what Mahomes can do. We're all just waiting, you know, to eventually it's going to happen. He's going to make some magic. Uh, his relationship, like I said, with Kelsey, Juju, um, they're missing Nico Hardman, but, you know, MBS, Packers fans are very familiar with. Yeah. They've got enough guys to make some plays, and we know Pat can make them. On the other side, we're going to see, uh, you know, this is going to be the biggest test, obviously, for the Super Bowl, but for the Eagles, they kind of cruised this season. They've and maybe they're just that much better than everyone else. That, that could be the, the case. Howard Roseman has a simple, incredible team. Maybe they're just deeper and better than everyone else, but they haven't played a level of QB and a team of the caliber of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I, again, I think when things kind of even out, I'm taking Mahomes with his experience and his magic. Um, he's building He's building and cementing a legacy as one of the all-time greats. He's still 27, but I still want to bet on him. So that Eagles offensive line is really, really good. Right, like mm. probably, probably the best in the league. There's maybe a conversation with like two other teams, and that's about it. Right? Yeah. That thing that you mentioned about Spagnolo and how hard it is to kind of deal with everything that he throws at you, right? Because he's he's gonna throw a ton at you. How can you do? You, do you think you can adequately prepare for that in practice? Because obviously, that's something that you've had to go through playing against him in the league, like. What are those practices like leading up to it? Because, I mean, full phys- physicality usually isn't on the plate, right, in, the, in a lot of these practices. You can't hit the quarterback, right? So, like, yeah. how, how how can you feel confident going into it with Jalen Hurts that you're, like, fully prepared for what Spags is going to throw out there when he's sending safeties or nickels or, or whatever yeah. it is that he's going to throw at you? For sure. I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's definitely mental reps. And, you know, I remember when we were playing, especially with Green Bay against Fags, we had just the deepest blitz tape and we had cards that we'd have for the scout team. 
And it was the deepest of any coordinator we faced because he could bring so much in so many different places. Uh, but so much of that is also situational. So you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to tell yourself as an offense, hey, we just got to stay ahead of the chains, stay on, on schedule. Uh, Jalen Hurts can do that um, with his feet, keep you in, in second and manageable, third and manageable. And that takes a lot out of Spags' arsenal. But when you're, you're missing throws on first down or you're, you're running for a one-yard gain or a, a zero-yard gain, that's when you start to dial stuff up. It gets you uncomfortable. And then you start making mistakes because you're, you're seeing things that might not be there because he does bring safety from deep. He brings them from off the edge. He's, he disguises really well uh, slot pressures. And he, he can do a lot of things when you give him, uh, you know, those third and, third and longs to kind of game plan. We call it getting cute. Uh, if you give him a chance to get cute, he will get cute, and he can make some impact. And I think, you know, in this era, he's actually becoming a more and more vital defensive coordinator because of the way that statistics and analytics are being used to pinpoint, hey, you know, when an offense is in this on this hash with this down distance, this is what their tendency is. The more information he has, the more uh, dynamic his defense can be. So with the Eagles, you're just like, let's stay ahead of the schedule. Uh, don't don't force anything. We'll take our spots. We can run the ball, um, make them stop the run, and then we'll take our take our chances with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. It makes sense to me. I want to get into some fun here. I, I saw on your Wikipedia page, which by the way, do you like having a Wikipedia page? How weird is having a Wikipedia page? You know, it was that it's always been weird. And it's funny when it first appeared, um, I had no input in, in getting it uh edited or whatever. So right. out of the blue some stuff from my high school appeared. I'm like, I don't even remember doing that in high school. And every time I'd have an interview, people would, you know, they'd scan the Wikipedia and they'd bring it up because I know exactly what you're about to say. I'm like, I don't even remember doing that, but apparently someone knew about it and put it on. And so it's there for history. I guess it could be edited still, but it's there for prosperity. So yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely a weird thing. Horticulture society. Yeah. So literally the story behind that is, you know, I'm a junior becoming a senior. And all they tell you is, you know, be a part of clubs, add stuff to your, you know, your resume. When right. you're a kid, you don't have a, a real job, so you don't know what a resume means. But we have, a, we called it a club day at our high school where after school, there's a bunch of tables set up where you can apply to join these clubs where you do try to participate, stuff you might be interested in. And for me, I, I had football. I was enough of a job. But I was like, let me join some stuff that sounds eclectic. And, you know, I, I haven't planted a plant in my entire life before a culture society sounded funny. Um, and so I went to one meeting and I got to put it on my, my application for college. I was also in Japanese society, which I, I think I have more of an affinity to Japanese culture, but they're still just so random. And the fact that they've, they stayed, they stayed on my Wikipedia this long and I'm getting referenced for it, you know, almost 15, 16 years later, it's just funny to me. I was going to ask if, if, you know, plants ever came up between you and Aaron Rodgers. He seems to like <laughs> to talk about plants recently. Yeah, you know, uh, back then in that phase of his life, I don't know if he was as, as quite adept in the in the plant category, uh, but maybe maybe now, maybe we can talk about some of our mushroom brethren and our our herbal brethren and and see what see what kind of clicks. But yeah, not not back then. I didn't have any any wherewithal back then. So what what were your what was your impression of Aaron? Because we hear you know some of the things like. Obviously, he's super tight with like guys like Randall Cobb and David Bakhtiari and stuff. And then you hear from some of the younger guys, which, you know, you guys were at least closer in age at the time, right? You came right. into the league in, in 2010. So you guys probably had more in common than what he has with Dobbs, where, you know, he was Dobbs basically said, like, it's, it's just football with him. Like, I'm 22. Yeah. 
he's 38. Like we don't have that much in common outside of yeah. ball right now. So what was your impression of Aaron in your time in Green Bay? It was all, I mean, it was always great. You know, back then they had a, a kind of a tight knit group before I got there of the, you know, the Mark Tauschers and the Chad Clifton's and uh, that the line group. And then, you know, Jordy Nelson and those guys and um, John Poon, who was just an all time, you know, shit talker, but I love those guys. I mean, we had a good time and we spent time together off the, off the field. We had O-line dinners that Aaron would come to, but yeah, I mean, I, I knew that before going in uh, that you can't be best friends with everybody. That's just, this is a business. Now you hope that there are guys who you bond with, both as on a business level, so you could be good teammates to each other. And then hopefully that bleeds over into real life. You're like, man, this is a good dude. I have a beer with him. I spend time with him. And I say that about Aaron. We just didn't have a lot of time to do it. And, you know, there are guys that I still talk to, and he, he's one of those guys sparingly that I still check in with and talk to. But I don't take offense to, you know, him, me and him not being best friends. It's just like, that's just not realistic. And, like, again, I went on to play for the Giants. I played with Eli Manning. Eli Manning was 36 with three kids and a wife. I, we're just different phases <laughs> of life. Like we can't, we're not going to be best friends with everybody. And so I understood that. And I think most players understand that, but I think the fans kind of hear that clip from Romeo and they're like, they take it out of context. And I think it's, they make it more about um, more than it really needs to be about. And so, you know, Aaron was always really kind to me and, and nice to the guys and sometimes maybe closed off, but that's his prerogative. I didn't take it personally, but mm-hmm. we definitely hung out sometimes. And he's a guy that, you know, uh, you know, around Christmas always loved to celebrate the holidays. We had, we had a good working relationship. And so to me, outside of that, everything else is icing. Um, for, for other people, maybe not so much. But for me, it was great. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How do you see all this stuff playing out? Obviously, you know, there's big decisions this offseason, not only like, on Aaron's side, like, are you going to retire? Are you not going to retire? If you do come back, do you want to come back to Green Bay? Do you want to go somewhere else? And then the Packers right. they just came out the fifth-year option number. You know, Jordan Love, they they basically have to decide until uh, the week of the draft or the week after the draft. It's a like 20, twenty million or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's a twenty million dollar fifth-year option Ooh. for a guy who's made one start before, and that's You're something that paying. they're either going to have to pick up or turn down. So. And you'd be paying your QB room $70 million. That's that's a tough number. I don't um, know. Yeah. I don't think so. One's got to go at that point. Yeah. And so, listen, I think he's still going to play. Um, he's doing his, his darkest retreat. Um, and I, I hope he finds what he's looking for there. I, I support it fully. And, you know, hopefully he comes back healthier and, and better, better emotionally and spiritually. Uh, I still think he's going to play, you know, on, a, on multiple fronts. I don't think. 
we'll, we'll talk about it from this angle. Who's, who just retired who he'd rather not be accepting his gold jacket with? Put it that way. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady. He, he mentioned exactly. that, and he was like, I don't, I don't think about that at all. And I'm like, you got to think about that, it a little bit, that. right? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So, maybe that's a small factor. Uh, maybe it's a bigger one for us than it is for him, but it's a factor. And then I think he's still got stuff to prove. We, we see glimpses uh, when he's on, when he's dialed in, and you know, it's working with new receivers, young receivers, and so much of the offense is very coordinated and very specific. And if they don't have specifics down, it's hard to have the offense turning at full speed, especially when guys are healthy and they're in and out. I still think he has a lot to prove. Um, you know, Tom kind of has changed the paradigm for, you know, what groups were expecting out of older quarterbacks. And so I think Aaron has definitely, I think that gave him a shot of life a little bit to be like, if I still enjoy this, why would I not complain? Um, I, it just does feel like the, uh, the, the relationship was a little fractured with the Packers. Um, mm-hmm. We've kind of, you know, Packers fans already went through this with regret on his way out. And I think we're entering, you know, year three, year four of kind of some of the back and forth. And he said, she said, passive aggression, like weird signaling, holding out, stuff like that. I, it feels like that relationship has fractured to the point of it's not going to be a good working relationship anymore on top of the money and then the Jordan Love stuff. So it feels like I think he's going to play. It's hard to imagine because that's always ever been. He's got the Super Bowl and he's played so many incredible years with the Packers memories, but it feels like it's just the time in Drew Bay is done. We can all be wrong. We want to come go out on a high note with the Packers and, and we'll see, but it feels like he still wants to play. Uh, Tom is already, you know, taking the hit in the bat for a veteran QB who played all his career for one team and finished with another. And we don't have to worry about that. So, you know, I think it comes down to the best situation for him where his heart's at, but it does feel like it's a strained relationship. With, because obviously a lot does end up go, going back to the love selection and stuff, right? And and the decision of the team, sure. at, from their perspective, right? The team, protecting themselves of a potential decline from Rodgers and then right. Rodgers seeing that as you're you have started to plan for life without me and are no longer giving me all the I'm, you're not giving me the full you know taste of that assets. was a, that was a that was a turning point that was a move that you just couldn't take back with any words with any emotions yeah right with that in mind, and again, we, we already mentioned, you know, the Rogers stuff, the Jordan Love, the, the number that's going to have to be decided soon. Is there any way you think that you can make, because you've been in practices before, um, you know, post-2011 CBA, right, and, and all the restrictions that co- came with that. Do you think yeah. that there's any way to make a decision on a quarterback at that level just through practice film? Because he only had – he had something like 20 passes – this 26 passes, something like that, this past year. Yeah. And last year, he had the one start against Kansas City. But how, how much are you actually getting out of these practices when Rodgers is missing a Wednesday because of the thumb and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I think on the negative front, it's hard to find, you know, too many, you know, chinks in someone's armor, their flaws, real flaws in practice. Um, but you can definitely see the wow stuff. And if you haven't seen enough wow stuff in four years, to me, that means that there are – seriously contemplating, you know, what Jordan Love's ceiling is. And that's kind of the discussion we're having is, you know, where can we take this? Where is this going to go? Um, but practice, you know, there are situations you can kind of um, artificially produce to try to get desired outcome. How is he going to work under pressure? And um, – but it'll never be the game. But you can definitely see, like, 
from an arm talent and, you know, how does he, how does he work within the system? Um, is he doing the right things? So there's stuff you can find out, but as far as that's a hard decision to make without green film. And traditionally you want a guy to, to take some lumps. You want to see how he bounces right. back because there has not been a rookie QB who's gone without struggle. And so that's been the tough part is he's hadn't seen the field a lot. And that's a hard decision. That's a, a tough place to be. You're just lacking information. And so I don't envy them. I don't envy them having yeah. to do all this. This is a, a, a freaking tightrope that, you know, not many, you know, organizations are, are, are prepared to make. They're probably prepared, more prepared than most. But, you know, it's such a hard decision knowing that, you know, that that decision is going to decide the next five years of your franchise. And a franchise that is publicly owned, we all know that. They operate a little bit differently than everyone else. Um, so I don't know if I answered the question, but it's just like that. That's a tough <laughs> That's a tough place to be. I, I don't envy it. Let's get you out on, on this one. You know, everyone says like every NFL, because you you just mentioned, you know, family owned and how they're a little different. Everyone says like the NFL is 32, <laughs> you know, family owned businesses basically. And they're operating, <laughs> you know, on the own, their own beat of the drum. What, what was like, give me something tangible because you played in the league for a long time with yeah. a couple different teams. What what is something that's like you you point to Green Bay and you're like they do this which like didn't happen elsewhere? Um, it's hard to point to one thing, but just like the overall, you know, there was a feeling of of, of some familiar familiarity, but more with the staff and stuff like that. I have I still have the numbers of of Flea, the head trainer, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I if I, I say hi to to Matt I'll, when I was. If I came as a, on another team, I'd say hi to Matt. I'd say hi to every – I mean, it's just like maybe it was just because I was a rookie and I got drafted there, so there was just like that's kind of the imprinting of being a young player and getting to know those guys for four years. But there was a sense of, you know, of, of, of a familial nature there, um, even with the business part of it lurking and always being there. And so there are other places that had similar feels, but overall the Green Bay, because you're in a small town – there's just so much there that's that's unique that it kind of also plays into um, your experience as a player from the day to day side. And so um, I don't know if there's anything else that stuck out. Obviously, the you know you're playing, but the fan atmosphere, the game day stuff, that's you know wholly unique. And I couldn't have asked for a better place to start my career. Um, but yeah, like just the people, the people in organization are top notch, incredible people, um, do anything for you. And uh, when I was struggling, my, you know, at the end of my Green Bay tenure, having a lot of emotional stuff that I kept to myself and just struggling with my own performance and my own just like life, personal stuff. There are people there that I can that I lean on. And, you know, I'm, you know, there's other places that it might, there might not have been the resources there or the, the accessibility for a, a young player to do some, like, some of that stuff. So I'm eternally grateful to them. Um, and to me, that's kind of the more unique thing about them, but it exists other places, but Green Bay is a very special place. Awesome. Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Follow yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm at Twitter and Instagram at mnewhouse73. I'm slowly getting into sports media. I've gone over the dark side, so be you know expecting me around. Hopefully, talking NFL stuff on on some of the major networks and any podcast casters out there. Uh, I've been doing stuff with Golo Junior and and people of that nature. So I'll be around a little bit more, but I'm around uh, just enjoying retirement. Awesome, man. Take care. Appreciate it.